Welcome to The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of therandyreport.com, where you can find me every single day on the internet reporting on the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. In this week's headlines, the Supreme Court has denied the city of Houston's request to review a court decision which said that marriage equality for same-sex couples doesn't necessarily mean equal benefits for same-sex couples. Bermuda is the first nation in the world to legalize, then repeal, marriage equality. Gay coming-of-age movie Call Me By Your Name continues to rack up awards and nominations, plus my suggestions for end-of-the-year charitable donations. All that and more in this episode of The Randy Report. The U.S. Supreme Court has announced it will not review a June decision by the Texas Supreme Court, which ruled that the landmark decision which brought same-sex marriage to the entire country does not fully address the right to marriage benefits. In that decision, the Texas Supreme Court threw out a lower court ruling that said spouses of gay and lesbian public employees are entitled to government-subsidized marriage benefits and it unanimously ordered a trial court to reconsider the case. Now, that's despite the fact that the U.S. Supreme Court's landmark ruling in June of 2015, Obergefell v. Hodges, brought same-sex marriage to the entire country. In its decision, the Texas Supreme Court noted that while Obergefell requires states to license and recognize same-sex marriages, just as they do opposite-sex marriages, it did not hold that, quote, states must provide the same publicly funded benefits to all married persons, end quote. Well, I disagree with that. Equal means equal. It doesn't mean kind of equal. Or, as the attorneys for the city of Houston wrote in their brief to the court, equal recognition of same-sex marriage requires more than a marriage license. It requires equal access to the entire constellation of benefits that the state has linked to marriage. Stay tuned, folks. I'm assuming we're going to see this trial court in 2018. In June 2016, the voters of Bermuda overwhelmingly rejected same-sex marriage by a two-to-one margin in a non-binding public referendum. I should note that the opposition for that referendum was rallied with the support of U.S. hate groups, including the virulently anti-gay Alliance Defending Freedom. But... In May of this year, Bermuda's high court ruled in favor of a gay man who challenged the ban on same-sex marriage, arguing that the Human Rights Act guaranteed his right to marry his Canadian boyfriend. And so, marriage equality came to Bermuda. However, this month, the Bermuda Senate voted 8-3 to to repeal same-sex marriage and replace it with domestic partnerships. In addition, the Bermuda House has also approved the same legislation in a vote of 24 to 10. The bill now goes to the governor, and if he signs it, Bermuda will become the first nation in the world to legalize, then repeal, same-sex marriage. The Bermuda Tourism Authority sees the writing on the wall already, sharing serious concerns in a statement that was issued before the Senate vote. They wrote, Since last Friday's vote, we have seen ample evidence of negative international headlines and growing social media hostility towards Bermuda, 
that we feel compelled to express our concern about what the negative consequences could be for tourism. If the domestic partnership bill passes the Senate this week, we believe the bill poses an unnecessary threat to the success of our tourism industry. We urge you to vote no and appreciate the opportunity to lay out the reasons why. Bermuda is one of 14 British overseas territories and seven, for now, have legalized same-sex marriage. During the 2016 presidential election, I wrote many times on the Randy Report about my concerns about the outcome of the election in regards to the Supreme Court and other judicial nominations that would occur in the next administration. It turns out my concerns were not unfounded. According to a new report by LGBT legal advocacy group Lambda Legal, one in four of Donald Trump's judicial nominees are overtly hostile towards LGBT rights. That means that laws and protections for LGBTs in the areas of healthcare access, workplace protections, voting rights, equal protections in public spaces, and more could come under fire in courtrooms across the country. Lambda Legal analyzed the legal records, public comments, and professional writing from Trump's 59 nominees and publicly opposes 16 who have explicitly denigrated or failed to recognize the rights of LGBT people and their families. Additionally, according to the Associated Press, Donald Trump is appointing white men at a rate not seen in nearly 30 years. To date, 81% are male nominees and 91% are white nominees. His judges are also younger than President Obama's on average, which means that they will serve longer. As I mentioned, when Democrats were busy infighting last year during the election, I tried to warn folks that it's the judicial nominations, not only at the Supreme Court, but locally, that could impact us all for decades. And here we are. In queer cinema, Timothy Chalamet, the young lead actor of the highly acclaimed coming-of-age gay romance Call Me By Your Name, had a great night at the New York Film Critics Circle where he snagged the Best Actor Award for his stunning work in the film. He also picked up a Best Actor nod at the LA Times Film Critics Association Awards where the movie also won Best Film and tied for Best Director. The film has also picked up three nominations for the Golden Globe Awards including Best Actor for Chalamet, Best Featured Actor for Army Hammer, and for Best Film. Here's looking for more momentum as we head into the Oscars. So far, the film has been nominated for 85 awards and won 31. As we approach Christmas Day, I'd like to make a few suggestions if you feel you'd like to make a contribution to a worthy LGBTQ organization. At the holidays, many people think of the Salvation Army, but it's an organization that for decades condemned LGBTs. Their website featured a link to so-called ex-gay therapy up until 2013. Albeit, in recent years, the organization has made an effort to improve its reputation. According to a statement on the Salvation Army website, the group is now, quote, open and inclusive to all people. But, while they continue to clean up their act, if I may, I would like to suggest three organizations that I think are awesome and do terrific work with LGBTQ community. One, the Alifornay Center in New York City, which provides meals, housing, health and social services to homeless and at-risk LGBT youth in New York City. 
You can find them at alleyfournaycenter.org. Two, the True Colors Fund, which you can find at truecolorsfund.org. An estimated 40% of homeless youth identify as LGBT, often because they were rejected by their families after coming out. Homeless LGBT people often report having trouble finding shelters where they feel safe being out, so overtly LGBT-friendly shelters are critical. The True Colors Fund, which was co-founded by Cindy Lauper, provides training and education for service providers like homeless shelters and soup kitchens across the nation on how to become safe, identity-affirming places for LGBT youth in need. And three, one near and dear to my heart as an actor and performer on Broadway, Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS, which you can find at broadwaycares.org. Since 1987, Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS has helped men, women, and children across the country and across the street receive life-saving medications, health care, nutritious meals, counseling, and emergency financial assistance. One of the nation's leading industry-based nonprofit AIDS fundraising and grant-making organizations, Broadway Cares draws upon the talents, resources, and generosity of the American theater community, having raised more than $285 million for essential services for people with HIV-AIDS and other critical illnesses in all 50 states, Puerto Rico, and Washington, D.C., I was an actor on Broadway when the organization began, and I've been proud to participate in many events by this terrific organization. So if you have dollars this holiday season that you're willing to donate, please consider the Alley Fournay Center, the True Colors Fund, or Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS. A Randy Report favorite, out singer-songwriter Tom Goss, dropped his latest single, Gay Christmas, just as many of us are making plans, or not, to head home for the holidays. The song has a different Christmas message, and while it is somber and a bit sad, it's also empowering. I'm not sure I've heard a song like this before. In an email, Tom told me, I just wrote the song last week while thinking about my decision not to go home for Christmas this year. It's weighed heavily on me, and I know that many LGBTQ men and women have had similar experiences. In the song, Tom advises his listeners to give the whole family thing a miss in favor of sticking with people who will love and value us as we are. The track is classic Tom Goss as he trusts his solid melody and taut sober lyrics to convey what many LGBTs feel during the holiday season. He wrote, too many of us have had to learn to accept less from our families when it comes to fully embracing us for who we are. It's become even worse since the election last year due to the sense of betrayal we felt when we learned how family and friends voted. Yet we're expected to be the ones to forgive, to move on, and pretend everything is okay, even as the current administration and GOP keep supporting anti-gay politicians and policies. While the song may have a melancholy tone to it, I find it powerful and empowering. Tom tells us that we don't always have to go home and subjugate ourselves. We don't have to negate our moral and political views. We can spend the holidays with our chosen family, with the people who accept us and love us exactly as we are. The accompanying music video, directed by Nathaniel Siri, brings that positive ending to life. The camera follows five people who feel alienated from the Christmas spirit, but who redeem the day by gathering for a Friendsmas picnic. 
Gay Christmas is available now at iTunes and CDBaby.com. And that brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. If you enjoyed the podcast, make sure you click the subscribe button on my page on iTunes, and then every time I upload a new episode, it'll be sent straight to you automatically. Also, please feel free to share The Randy Report with friends. The more the merrier here. And remember, you can find me every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com, where I report on the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. I'll close this episode with Tom Goss's Gay Christmas. Here's wishing you all a happy, healthy, warm, and welcoming holiday. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you next time. Sometimes It feels like the last time That I should just get in line Or fade into gray The holidays They bring out the worst in me I see what my family sees And trust me it ain't great Gay on Christmas Fake smiles and forgiveness I've moved on from this But still it haunts me Gay on Christmas I've learned to accept less To bite my tongue and Just receive The GOP I know they don't know me I know it's not personal fear is a means of control but you're different you came to my wedding you saw me years fighting for something that you've always had gay Christmas, fake smiles and forgiveness, I've moved on from this, but still it haunts me, gay on Christmas, I've learned to accept less, to bite my tongue and just receive this year this year was the hardest year cause I stopped giving a shit and you faded away gay on Christmas Fake smiles and forgiveness I've moved on from this But still 
It haunts me gay on Christmas. I refuse to accept less. So clear my placement. I'm not coming home. <laughs>